On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we covered new major changes coming to a Google Ads account near you. We talked about Google Analytics, merging app and web traffic, and events. Just determined the first ever takeoff, where we pitted the takes of six digital marketers against each other in a no-holds-barred death match for the best take of the week. And Greg maintained an absolutely sunshiny attitude throughout the entire show. Not. I tried. <laughs> All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on August 2nd, 2019. Remember, you can catch our critically acclaimed, famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. And if you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Jess, we've got big news here at the top of the show. Big news? What you got? Coming by way of Ginny Marvin and Search Engine Land. Google extends same meaning close variance to phrase match, broad match modifiers. In case you don't know what close variants are, click through the show notes and read the entire article. Ginny does a great job explaining what has transpired mm -hmm. starting all the way back in 2014 when close variants were introduced. What happened in 2017 where the word order and function words were added into close variants. And last year, where we got the same meaning words and exact match. But before we get to that, Ginny's the best. <laughs> and from the article itself on Search Engine Land, she starts the article with, when same meaning close variants rolled out to exact match keywords last fall, the joke was that phrase match was more exact than exact match. That joke is dead now. <laughs> R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> yes, that was my joke. We did a bunch of training. <laughs> You're right. And those are our jokes. We're like, oh, yeah. phrase match. They should call it exact match. I know. Our joke is dead. It's dead. We can't even say that. We were saying that's a client. Yeah. We were like pushing it. We can't I do know. any of that now. In reality, we saw some slides from this at Google Marketing Live this year that the close variants are rolling out to phrase match and modified broad match. In my estimation, we're actually going to see a lot more variety. It's going to have a much more greater impact than we saw with the change in 2018 to those exact match terms. Mm -hmm. Google also showed us some examples of how this may look. Examples they chose, I, I didn't really like them. They, were, <laughs> they kind of made it seem worse than it really was. They showed some broad match modifier keywords where you put a plus in front of a term, mm -hmm. and it should closely match that but give it some leeway they showed a the query before the update or the query is plus lawn plus mowing plus service and before the update it would show for something like services to mow my lawn that makes sense okay yeah. services pretty close to service lawn is lawn and mow is close to mowing so the matched queries after the update google did themselves no favor with this example <laughs> they said grass cutting and gardening services. Ooh. Again, mm. it, it's grass cutting matches lawn, matches grass. Yeah. Mowing match, matches cutting. And service matches services. 
But they didn't need to throw the gardening in there because th- that's no. totally different. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good example of how broad can but work. But that and that's broad match exactly. Yeah. They just heightened the broad match. So I'm thinking <laughs> maybe this is gonna be worse than, than expected. Maybe. Um, also, not only is it rolling out to broad modified, it is rolling out to phrase match as well. And so again, that was the big joke that phrase match. You still had to have that phrase included. Right. Phrase match now doesn't mean anything. It's doesn't mean anything. What's Neither does point? exact match. What's the point of any of them then? Just put your keywords in there and. Sorry. Go ahead. You, you're, you're, you're getting to where everybody's going <laughs> with this, Jess. And in addition, Google says that 15% of its daily searches are new, and advertisers will miss out on these new queries if the matching is too tightly controlled. So I'm going to be positive about this. I. I have come around completely on misspellings. Oh, yeah. I had no idea how terrible mobile search would be back in, you know, 2014 when I threw a fit. <laughs> so, again, <laughs> I like the misspelling changes. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming from a place of positivity here. Everything else, I mean, what are we doing with match types at this point? Why have them? I just we're, don't okay, get it. We're going to get to that in a second. So Google also said that it expects advertisers using phrase and broad match modifier to see 3 to 4% more clicks and conversions <laughs> on these keywords. <laughs> and of those new clicks, 85% are expected to be net new on average, meaning they're not covered by the existing keywords. Then you're not doing your job if it's amen, relevant to sister, you. Yeah. Amen. Additionally, you're going to, they say that you're going to maintain control <laughs> and flexibility. How? You're, you're not, sorry. We're being sorry. positive sorry. here today. Sorry. So they're saying with the updates, and Google is going to try to figure out what keyword is currently getting, getting the ad to show in search, mm-hmm. and they're going to roll with that. So if you had a bunch of different exact terms, and now they're going to be overlapping, whichever term is closely, most closely matched, they're going to show that term in that ad related to it. Okay. Okay. This change will roll out in the coming weeks. So good luck. (laughs) Good luck knowing when that's coming. This is a decent change that you're throwing on everybody. I know that if you're savvy enough, you saw the slides, you know that it's coming. But to put this on people who might have been like, oh, I need to have this phrase in there. And then you're like, oh, it's in the coming weeks. How about you be proactive like Danny is with the organic team. You know when this is rolling out. Give us a heads up and say this is the date that it's happening or yeah. this something. Let people prepare. You don't say coming weeks and something like this. Coming weeks could mean anything too, right? That to me could be up to like two months, I feel like. Did yes. you say six to eight weeks? That's within a two-month frame, but it's coming weeks. So it could be, you know, tomorrow. could be whatever. Yeah, it might, it, it might be coming like Google Attribution was coming. Back in uh, 2016. We never got that, right? Oh, no. It changed the color. It's not purple anymore. It's red. (laughs) So anyway, I got in a wine off on Twitter with uh, Mark Gustafson, at Mark P. Gus on Twitter. And he made a really great point that you need to diversify and think more about strategy than tactics. The future for pure tactical practitioners looks pretty bad, in my opinion. Probably is still a few years out, but I think it'll eventually become obsolete. And he said, and then while I'm at it with predictions, I think tactical management will be so straightforward that mega agencies will be the new norm. It will be a race to the bottom for price on execution because there will be little value to add. Wow. That's good. That's, I mean, that should be the take of the week. I was going to say, that's a hot take. The yeah. take of the week is coming. We'll get there. That's, that's where all the, kind of let it all come out. Okay. 
Um, and to me, I think that makes sense. If you look at display, you see things like targeting expansion. Right. And I imagine at some point, Google dumbs this down enough to people where you say, here's a keyword, and then what is our expansion going to be? Is it off where it's exact? And then is it more reach where you're getting more towards broad? Kind of like we have with audiences mm. now. You, you know? can just slide it. Why, why would you have something called phrase match and something called exact match when they literally mean neither of those things? You're completely right. So you put a keyword in and you say, give me more, give me less. I think that's where they're going with it. Yeah, which at, at least then it would be clear, kind of, well, still not clear, but you would know a little bit more. You would understand a little bit better what's happening versus the way we're all used to and the way things are traditionally named right now. And I'm just thinking about going through my you know, search query reports daily now instead of weekly and just really staying on top of stuff because negative gonna, keywords are going to be so important. It's going to be hourly pretty soon in the coming you weeks here. I mean? <laughs> in the coming weeks, yes. yes. So we've got a little bit more of this on the take of the week. What do we have here next, Jess? All right. Next up here is from Search Engine Journal's Matt Southern, and that's at Matt G. Southern on Twitter. And the article is called, Facebook is letting more advertisers place ads in the search results. So this is a thing. We talked about it. It started a while back in December, I think, for a limited number of advertisers. And now we're in August and do it's they have, rolling out. Do they have close variants? They don't, they don't even have. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have. We'll get, we'll get to that. Okay. That's an excellent question. And I want to talk about it. So it's still not out there for everybody. I didn't see it in any of my accounts. Have you checked to see if you have it? Yes, I don't have a new ads manager still. Still? Yes, I still need to use incognito mode in order to change ads. Well, we need to talk about that. Actually, we'll save that because there's a new business manager too, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, Guess who so doesn't you, have that either? You? <laughs> <laughs> so you have none of these things. Well, don't no. feel bad because I don't have this either, but I don't really know if I want it. So, But folks have started to see it and it's something interesting to test. But again, this is a placement available in your Facebook ad. So just like the news feed or the right-hand side or whatever you can put in. Now, if you see it available, you can have search results be a placement and some caveats with this to be aware of is that in order for the search result placement to show you do need to actually have the news feed selected as one of your placements so that's a thing and then the bigger thing here is that even though they use the term search and it is for search results it's nothing like search ads like we're used to you know on microsoft ads or on google there's no keywords at all to your question. You don't put in keywords that you're targeting for this whatsoever. You will show up based on searches related to your, quote, business offerings. Fantastic. <laughs> right? This would make all search based off of audience and nothing about the actual query, query or intent. Correct. Love it. Perfect. Nothing. Great. So our best guess is that, you know, you want to make sure that your page talks about what your business offers and is as accurate and complete as possible because that's where they're getting this from. But they don't really say how specifically to influence this. So I don't know. When Google came out with this change from the previous article, I'm just like, you know what? This is a really good opportunity for some other savvy advertiser to come in and give us more control. Mm -hmm. Not here. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not happening no. here at all. So again, if it works well, if you want to just trust the process, it's probably a nice addition, but we like control over here and you have almost none with this. So it's something certainly if you have it available, test it, see how it works, but you've got to check your placements and check your reporting and see if it's doing anything. You just have to watch it because who knows? Okay. Was that a Sam Hinkie reference? A who? <laughs> Joel Embiid? No? What? Okay. I have no process. idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Trust I, didn't know I thought that was just a phrase. I, you're, you're the number one basketball fan, so I didn't know if you were going deep on some basketball. Is lingo. that a basketball? Is that like a quote from Space Jam? Because I've seen the film. No. It's a quote from a tanking team that 
ended up making the playoffs. Who's that? 76ers. Oh, they were pretty late in the playoffs, too. Yeah. You shouldn't have seen them in, uh, in uh, 2015. I'll tell you that. Next up, yeah. though, is a new change <laughs> here in 2019, a new way to unify app and website measurement in Google Analytics. And this comes from Russell Ketchum. So Google Analytics is bringing us a way to show all of the data from our apps and the web in one spot. Love it. Um, additionally, they're bringing forward flexible event measurement so that you're going to be able to measure events in a consistent way. You know, you sell tickets on your app, you sell tickets on your website, you just want to know about tickets sold. So you'll be able to have, again, this flexible, unified event measurement, which is awesome. And you can start measuring across platforms. And one of the things that really stuck out to me as being amazing is what they had in, in what was called their cross-platform analysis section. Google reporting, at least for me, I don't know about you, Jess, it's been replaced completely by Data Studio. I have thoughts on that. What are your thoughts? We'll get to them later, but okay. yeah, I, I agree with you. Yes, I use Data Studio a lot. But the the secondary GIF in this article <laughs> talks shows the drag and drop ability to make actual good reports in Google Analytics. Yeah. And right now it is a very cumbersome process to try to get anything from those reports and then sharing the reports is... A nightmare. Yeah. So looking at this potential opportunity here, it's almost like a, a faux data studio within analytics where you're not so tied down to these preset conditions. Yeah. I think the nicest thing about this, because it looks really, really awesome, again, assuming it works, and that's my gripe with data studio, which we'll get to. Or but, assuming that we ever get it. Also that, yeah, okay. if we get it. But it just looks so intuitive to use. And, you know, those of us that have been in Google Analytics for a while, we can figure our way around the custom reports, but they're still kind of a bear. And this looks so much easier. And that's the thing. It's so dumbed down yeah. in the standard analytics view that you really just can't see much anymore. Yeah. And you have to export out to Data Studio. So if you didn't have to always go to Data Studio, that's a big plus to me. Totally. 100%. I'm cool. in. In other news from Google, but this is on the paid side, Google app campaigns are expanding to discover feeds and AdMob is testing ads on app loading screens. This is an article from Ginny Marvin with Search Engine Land. So if you're running app campaigns on Google ads, your ads are now eligible to show in a few more places, which is nice. You know what I really was missing in life, Jess? What's that? The ability to show ads while an app was loading. I mean, <laughs> that's just, I was like, you know what, when do I really want to get in front of customers right before they're about to get into something that they're probably really waiting for? Cause it's loading. You know what the best part about that is, Greg, you have no control over where your ads oh, show. In who these saw campaigns. this coming? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know, app campaigns in Google ads are fully automated. So you have this inventory available and your ad may or may not show across it. You cannot opt in or out to any of these specific pieces of inventory. So there was the stuff that already existed. And then now they have added, like I said, the Discover feed. They're also adding YouTube search results, mobile only placements, as well as in-stream display video placements. So that's really nice. Again, if you're a big fan of just throwing caution to the wind and letting things go, but no control here. So you might be showing up before a, uh, as an app loads, which is nice, I guess, for the, the app creator. They can monetize in a place where they're slow, but for the rest of us, it doesn't really make any sense. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to get too much into this because it's just like the, the I, sad I, song we've been singing. <laughs> I can't go too dark this early in the show, Jess. I just can't. Fair enough. We'll check the show notes if you want more details. But yeah, the basic basic thing here is more app ads inventory is available now. Check uh, it. 
Great. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, if you are as disheartened as I am and <laughs> looking to put ad budget elsewhere, Snapchat launches an instant tool for creating vertical ads. Mm. There's a new tool coming, Jess. First one since like 2006. What? Fear Inoculus. And Snapchat has a tool coming out this week called Instant Create. That's cute. Jess, <laughs> yes. with Instant Create, you can create an ad. Guess how? Instantly? Wrong. <laughs> no. wait, 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 really? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> it is with three steps. That's not instant. I know. Rename this tool. Three, three step, step create. create. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you select your objective, and it can be increased web visits, app installs, or app visits. You enter your business website, <laughs> not your personal one. <laughs> I'm glad you understood why I was giggling. <laughs> and then you finalize your targeting. Then you're ready to publish. Publish what? So yeah. you put in your stuff and then the ad is instantly yes. created? So okay. what happens is Instant Create can pull in photos from the URL itself. Okay. Which is going to be great, I'm That's, sure. I'm sure they're going to yeah, pick the right one. Pull your logo. It's <laughs> make it huge. You can choose uh, if you want to use the imported images or if you want to upload a new one from your computer. And it is a streamlined flow that is only possible for Snap ads. So if you want any type of other ad formats, you have to use Advanced Create, not Instant Create. Um, it is currently available to all advertisers now. And Jess, it seems like you're now going to be able to make those ads in a snap. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Not necessarily instantly, even though that's the name, but in a snap no, is in good. A snap. I like that. Three okay. snaps, some say. Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lastly, here in our main news is another change from Facebook. We alluded to this a little bit earlier. Business Manager has officially been redesigned for some of us. Not Greg. Poor Greg. I have it. I had it actually before I even saw an announcement about it. I was super stoked. I thought it was like one of the first. You really know how to make a guy feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. You're trying to be so positive and I'm just tearing you down here. This is uh, rolling out to everyone in a nice phased approach, which of course is why you don't have it yet. But it is... <laughs> Maybe you're phase two. I don't know. It matches the layout of the new ads manager, which, again, you don't have. I thought I saw a notification, though, in there that you were only able to switch back to the old view until July 31st. So I would have thought that everybody would have been updated by then. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. Clearly, these phases are taking longer than uh, than planned. But anyway... In addition to a facelift, which looks, again, a little bit more like the ads manager, if you have it, they tried to make it easier to update who on your team has access to what with new bulk permissions management, which is nice because it's easier just to select all the things that someone should have access to. So that's really nice. Facebook said their goal is, quote, making our platform easier and more consistent to use. And also that we should expect to see more improvements coming down the pipe in the future, which I sure hope so, because there are still <laughs> a lot of things that need work. And I'm tempted to rant here, but I'm going to follow your lead and be super positive. You're, what is the phrase? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Is that right? I think it's don't kiss a gift horse in the mouth. Where are you supposed to kiss a gift horse then? I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm not going to kiss anybody's horse because there are still some things, like I said, that I think they could really be working on instead of just, you know, a, a side navigation versus top. But anyway, I appreciate that they're trying and, and I hope that new and exciting things come. Yes, I think a, a wise woman named Jess Bud once said, it couldn't get much worse than as it is right now. Have I said that? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> probably. Probably about this too. So anyway, that's, yeah, hopefully you, you all see it in your accounts soon. Now it's time for this week's 
take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. Jess? Yes. To choose your own adventure this week. Oh, I'm excited. I've got six takes. Holy cow. Okay. You choose the best one. Okay. It's an old-fashioned takeoff. <laughs> Three, two, one, takeoff. Take off. I love coming it. Coming okay. at you. All right. First up, Mark Gustafson, at Mark P. Gus on Twitter. Literally, and this goes all caps, and flip over the Should first page. Should I look page. at my yeah. sheets? I've okay. got it there just so you can remember. Beautiful. Print it out. Oh, I see. Okay. Literally. All caps. Who would say, yeah, Google, give me 3 to 4% more clicks at the same price, and I'll let you match 85% of them to completely different terms? WTF. <laughs> Hashtag PPC rants. That's pretty good. Okay, that's number one. Number two, Melissa Mackey at Mel66. Feels like the last step before Google removes keywords entirely. Mm-hmm. It's stupid because <laughs> that is search's differentiator right now. They can claim to understand intent without keywords, but they don't. I like that. It's a tough one this week. This is, I'm already torn. Got a we hard have job. four more. Yes. Next up, Julie Bacchini at Neptune Moon on Twitter. You know what would be better than this? Parentheses for advertisers. Suggesting those brand new queries as keywords you might want to add and letting the advertisers decide. I'm feeling ranty. I'm tired from vacation. <laughs> Hashtag PPC chat. I, that wasn't me, that last part, Jess. No, that was Julie. That's a hot take in itself, though. She's tired from vacation? I, she she Poor knows how to thing. vacation. Yeah. She, I know. She's we need vacationing some tips. hard. We need yeah. a, a blog post about X different ways to vacation so hard you're tired. <laughs> Coming right. right up. Keeping going here. Next up from John Kagan, at John Kagan on Twitter. Hey, at Jenny Marvin, I'd like to reopen the match type name survey you did and submit, quote, <laughs> Oh, to heck with it. Do whatever you want to do. You aren't listening to me anyway, quote, match. I like that. And if you don't remember, Ginny had a match to try to rename exact match because it was misleading. Yes. I think we came up with close match or something. Yeah. I don't know. Which was in there, right? Didn't one of your suggestions make the Mine final? Mine was dumb match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make the cut. I think people would Stupid have match, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Next up. We have a lot of them. This is where... This is where I let it flow out, not through me, though. It's not intrinsically. Yeah. I'm letting the community speak here. Well, I think the community agrees with us. This is why we shut up earlier. Real I quick. didn't see one positive tweet about this. Okay, <laughs> next up, from Robert Brady, at Robert underscore Brady on Twitter. If Google Ads really trusted their machine learning, they'd turn on close variant and intent matching for negative Ooh. keywords. Don't let them do that. Don't suggest things like Hashtag that, Robert Brady. Okay, I think no. I know who you're not picking. I'm okay. not picking him. No. All right. And last up, the one and only Bryant Garvin, at Bryant Garvin on Twitter. Also, search isn't just audience-based, and users don't think of it that way. Users expect a direct match between what they search for and the information provided on the SERP, which means search engine results page, and what they find when they go to the website. Hmm. Okay, so you've got six there, Jess who is the winner? We started with Mark Gustafson, then Melissa Mackey, then Julie Bacchini, then John Kagan, Robert Brady, and Brian Garvin. Who is the takeoff winner? I am going to go with, and I'll explain why. It's not necessarily the hottest take, but I think it's the most constructive criticism. And since we're trying to be positive and this would actually be really useful, I am going with Julie F. Bikini at Neptune Moon on Twitter because, yes, it would be better for advertisers if they would suggest brand new queries as keywords and let us decide. 
That'd be great. Right, That'd be helpful. That'd be nice. We're going to make a trophy for this and yeah. send it out. <laughs> so, all right. Although first nobody ever. else is wrong. <laughs> all I right. just like her positivity. All right. Thank you, Julie. Congrats on the win. All right. And now it's time for this week's lightning round. After the fire comes the lightning. And at this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and... Non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic or... Non-paid. And here's what's happening in paid this week, but I realize I did say it correct. We went from fire to lightning, but really in like the real world, that'd be backwards. It would, lightning would strike and then there'd it's be fire. It's the whole chicken and the egg thing. You don't know what's going on in those clouds. Where do you think all the stuff comes from? There might be fire up there. You don't know. You've never been there. Fire clouds. You're right. I've never been up there. All right. Deal. I'll take that. So I was right. Okay. First up. In the real question is, is it what? the sound first or the fire slash lightning? Well, it depends if there was anyone in the woods when the tree fell, Greg. Yes. Or if they had ears or not. Also a good question. <laughs> they might, <laughs> they might so, not have ears up wave, in the different, sky. Different velocities of, of traveling. Yeah. And the size of their ears. Right? I don't know you if that plays in. I'm not a, a math bigger. guy like yourself, but maybe. <laughs> but math right, what do we have first here, Jess? First, we have a big thank you that I would like to give to Microsoft Ads. The platform formerly known as Bing Ads. Absolutely, because <laughs> by next month, so we're in August here, so I guess by September, we're going to be able to add campaign-level audience associations in Microsoft ads. This is for both targeting and exclusions. If you didn't know, previously this was only available at the ad group level, which to be honest was very annoying. Yeah. Very. It just makes way more work. Yeah, way more. And that was their point. They're like, well, we realize that your time is valuable. So here's something nice. Thank so you. thank you. Thank you, exactly. Microsoft ads. Yeah. Long time coming, but I'll take it. All right, next. Facebook advertisers continue to shift ad spending to Instagram stories. And this is a story from Digiday. So yes, more folks are starting to spend their precious ad dollars on Instagram stories versus some of the other placements. And, you know. Did you see the related story that went alongside with us? I don't know if I did. Oh, it was Facebook continues to make less money off of Greg Finn because he doesn't <laughs> use stories. <laughs> Did you write that story <laughs> or is it just the truth? It's just the truth. It's just the truth. But that's, I mean, that's part of this. They didn't explicitly say that, but uh, it's, it comes down to a couple of things they said. And again, people should read the whole thing if they want to know all of the factors that went into this because they did talk to a lot of marketers, but cheaper placement for one thing, Instagram stories, but then also user adoption. They talked about that. People actually use stories on Instagram, so it's a good place to advertise. Do you know what they didn't talk about? What? That 90% of the people spending money on Instagram stories just had it auto-checked by default and didn't know they were spending money on Instagram stories and it just went there because it was cheaper to get a click there instead of on Facebook and news feed because a Facebook news feed click is more valuable than Instagram story click. That's what was probably not on there. I didn't read your article, but I can just guess they didn't talk about that. They didn't talk about that, and I wasn't going to talk about that, so I'm glad <laughs> that you brought it up. The interesting thing, though, on the flip side is that the article did say that the best performing as far as getting direct responses, which, again, define that any way you want, the best performing ad type, or I guess not ad type, but the best performing type of creative that you can have in your Instagram stories is a poll, which is fairly new. We've talked <laughs> about that, plus a five-second boomerang video. So Great. people are actually creating that just for Instagram. So that's not necessarily the automated placement, but I think that you're absolutely right. Correct. And that was yes. the first thing that, that ran through be, my mind. And that may be why, right? In that case, you're doing a poll, you're doing a five second Instagram story or post or ad or whatever it is specifically. You are making that for Instagram. The problem right. is that with the ability to have things morph into Instagram stories without smart or good advertisers knowing it, 
then automatically it goes there because it's the path of least resistance because nobody wants it. Nobody. No. And not if it's not created specifically for that. And it's, I mean, by default, it's automatic placements. You talk to a Facebook rep, they tell you automatic placements are the best. Yeah. There's all kinds of reasons for this. You're probably right. They didn't talk about that in the article. So, okay. I got to turn the ship around. I'm getting dark. <laughs> I'm getting over to the dark arts here. Um, well, they, we're still going to talk about Instagram in this next story. So strap in. Amy Gazenhaus at Marketing Land asked the question, has Instagram increased its ad load? Marketers report as many as one in four posts or ads. Now, we talked about whether or not we are math guys, and I think we can do it here. One in four is 25%. Yeah? Um, I think you put divide four into one. It seems like 40%. I think you're wrong. Okay. I'll trust, I'll trust your instincts on that. <laughs> Either way, 25 or 40%, that's a lot of ads, and it's 25, one in four. Yeah. But to be clear, we were just talking about stories a minute ago. This goes for stories and newsfeed ads. So just people are seeing a lot more ads on Instagram. And again, if you want to see the details and the numbers, check the show notes. But there's a lot of things happening here. Who's our resident Instagram expert here? Is it you or is it Hope? It's probably Hope. Hope. She uses it a lot more than I do. I look at it. She posts. More. Okay, Hope. Yeah. Do you see 25% of Instagram being ads or no? I don't know the specific percentage, but yeah, there's a lot of ads. It's too much. So you think it's too much, but according to this article, it actually fluctuates based on user behavior. So if you're engaging with ads, you're going to get more of them. So that Hope. might be your own fault. Stop clicking on those ads, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> which is good to know. The other thing that I didn't know that it said in here, which blows my mind, is that it's not just about how you behave with ads on Facebook or on Instagram. It's also how you behave with ads across other platforms like Facebook. But my ad behavior on the two platforms is completely different. So I don't know what they're doing there, but something to note. I didn't know that's how it worked. Did you? No, no idea. Did you help? No. <laughs> Nobody knew. Now y'all know. Okay, next. Facebook is going to remove thousands of outdated interest targets for advertising. And the good news is, according to Facebook, the vast majority of advertisers won't notice the removals. So that's good. The bad news is I can't, for the life of me, find any information on what these interests are. I thought I saw something like memorabilia. Was you did? One of them. Yeah. Wasn't there an image of that somewhere? I didn't see it. Okay, because I got very worried for Shep and her Barbie collection yeah. of memorabilia. <laughs> you know, how she could get those $10 bills for all those Barbies she's got. I don't know. I mean, if it's thousands, I'm sure there's not a list out there. But I guess the good news is if you're using any of these, they will notify you at some point this month and let you know when you actually need to remove them. So that's great. Just know that that's happening and sorry for the memorabilia collectors. Next up. As you know, Google Ads Editor was updated last week, and we're all in love with the new dark mode, but there were a lot of other updates that Queen came out of, of that. Queen of darkness. Yes. Thank you for calling me that last week. I was touched in my absence that you remembered who I was. So <laughs> How could I forget this? <laughs> Never. Funny story. Jess yeah. was once talking about how to do laundry and was like, well, when you put the whites in, you should put the whites on the setting for X amount, but I don't have any whites. <laughs> it's all blacks. <laughs> It's true. Hashtag queen of darkness. Yeah. I might have like two or three white shirts and they get washed together away from everything else. Hashtag queen of darkness. And that dark mode, by the way, uh, I was going to rant about it this week because I thought that they didn't change the text color in some of the pop-ups so that you couldn't actually read certain things, but they either fixed it or I was crazy because I haven't been able to replicate that. So I'm all in on that dark mode. It's really nice. Anyway, there were many other changes and Barry Schwartz at Search Engine Roundtable has a rundown of all of them. So if you're curious about the new things that are going on with the new Google Ads Editor version 1.1, 1 
you can check that in the show notes. And one note, there was some confusion on Twitter about one of the changes. The new 1.1 will not support responsive ads. Somebody misquoted that as being a responsive search ad. In case you don't know, there's a responsive search ad, a responsive display ad, and then a responsive ad. A responsive ad was what was replaced by a responsive display ad, a.k.a. an RDA. And then the responsive search ad, an RSA, which is different than an RLSA, which is a marketing list for search ads. So the thing that's gone is the old display ad, a.k.a. the responsive ad. You can still update responsive search ads, and you can still update responsive display ads. And on that point, I'm putting my (laughs) resume in to Google's HR department. What do you want? What job do the you want? The naming team. Thank you. Yes, yeah, someone needs I'm coming to take that there job. Because there's ads manager and then there's ad manager. Two completely different things. That's a good point. And to have something called responsive ads being replaced by responsive display ads and then having responsive search ads, it's insane to try to teach this to people and to try to educate people. And somebody needs to be on the naming team and I'm volunteering myself. That's good. I, well, you wanted to name uh, name the new match type dumb match. So I yes. feel like you're a shoo-in. If I get the job, it'll be dumb or stupid match tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe exact will be dumb <laughs> and phrase will be stupid. And broad will be the only thing that actually kind of works now, which is a scary, scary thing. Um, all right. Well, back to, <laughs> back to this Google Ads Editor bonus content. And I wish, you know, that sound. No, I, I do now though. I was just educated on it. <laughs> like they hype things up at clubs and stuff. Bum, bum, bum. No, the other one, the one that goes pew, 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 pew. like the sad trombone. No, it's like a happy one. It's like, get your fire happy up. trombone, happy trombone, whatever. We don't have it is the point. I wish we did. Cause we got some bonus content here. And this is from Scott Wright, who is at S.C. Wright, as in R-I-G-H-T, on Twitter. But his last name is with a W. I know. Scott, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, he dropped the W, replaced it with a C. I don't know. Anyway, he found something amazing. (laughs) And we have the link in the show notes. He calls it a hidden gem of Google Ads Editor, and it's being able to export as HTML so that you can review your campaigns kind of as an interactive dashboard to share with clients and show them all of the assets and things like that. It's really, really neat. Just check the link in the show notes. I didn't know you could do that. It's insane. It's crazy. Scott. That's why it's bonus content. That's why he's right. Scott, you're not being hired on the naming team here, but the brilliant team, we're bringing you on. Oh, the brilliant team. Brilliance. Team Team brilliant. Hashtag. Yeah. So check it guys, because it's really cool. Lots of great new stuff in editor. Check the show notes for all the details. Okay. Next from Ad Exchanger, Hearst is building a self-serve platform that enables Facebook-style ad buying. Can I change the title of this? Yeah. It should be finally. <laughs> Hearst is building a self-serve platform. What are you doing? What have you been doing for so long? Printing magazines. Funny sidebar. <laughs> Jess and I once went into a local newspaper and we had some conversations about what, and you're going to be able to watch this video and, and you can tell via Jess's <laughs> face that it's true. When the print version was going to be discontinued and people look like we just like we were resurrected something. Yeah, yeah. Like we did something atrocious. Yeah. Stepped on someone's grave or someone stepped on their graves or something. I'm bad at the phrases. They looked yes. a gift horse in the mouth or whatever. Yeah. Not yeah. in the mouth. The no. other spot, the bad spot. <laughs> and that's how they looked at us. <laughs> the main. What are you talking? What are the you main. laughing about? The yeah. main. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> and it was one of the most awkward 
times I've had professionally asking yeah. a group of professionals when they were stopping the publishing with no thought ever no. that this would be reality. It's, but it is the reality. And Hearst is, I guess, for, their, for the print industry, they're kind of ahead of the curve working on this ad platform, letting people buy things. Small guys like us with very low minimum budgets, apparently, to get into this platform, you can serve ads on their sites based on audience targeting, which sounds nice. It's not developed yet. They're working on it. But wouldn't you call that ahead of the curve for the print folks? I say that Th- lovingly. This is not ahead of the curve. It's 2019. Ahead of the but curve it, is if it came out in 2009. Yeah, but who else is doing it print-wise? But who cares? <laughs> I guess I mean, that technically <laughs> makes you ahead of the curve by definition. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Th- that's what I never understood. How is there not somebody that takes the Google AdSense off of all these publishers and takes it in-house. You see B2B do this amazing B2B websites is the model of taking it into your own hands and not relying on some easy AdSense-based system. And every publisher should have done I cannot believe that these major publishers have not done this to date, that you have your own system. And then even more, how is there not a system that you could just purchase and be like, also hey, a it's a self-serve point. system. Just yeah. hook it into your site. Here yeah. you go. No, they're making their own because they there want you go. it. Free idea of the day. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. speaking of physical advertising, Pinterest has plans to advertise on TV, in print, and out of home, says their first CMO. And Greg, did you realize that there are people out there that still don't know what Pinterest is? Yes. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> I thought everybody knew, but that's because I talk to you guys all day, and we all know. But Pinterest is advertising itself out in the real world. We're not talking about using Pinterest to advertise on TV. Pinterest is going to advertise itself on TV. They're going to break that digital barrier and step into the physical world, and they're, Great. You know, Good luck. I know. It's, it's a thing. They're trying to build awareness about what they are and who they are. And did you see that IRL Twitter campaign? That's been happening. People have been talking about it on the internet. No. No. It, it kind of reminds me of that. Just quick sidebar. Twitter <laughs> is advertising itself out in the real world with funny tweets to remind everyone that they're awesome. And somebody said, does they have a tweet like this in a subway station. Somebody's tweet was, me on Instagram cooking and <laughs> plating beautiful healthy food. Me on Twitter sitting in bed naked eating an eight-piece box of fried chicken. That's funny. It's an IRL Is that a Twitter ad though? Yeah, it is. It's just Twitter posted a tweet. It's an ad for Twitter. Like, get back on Twitter. Funny things are happening. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it, though. I mean, I get it that there's, you're doing something beautiful on Instagram. Yeah. But why are you advertising the fact of Instagram? Why are you leading with the fact of Instagram? I mean, I guess that's a good point. But they're just they're sourcing UGC, right? User generated content and like comparing themselves to other social networks and basically kind of making a joke of themselves. There's like a horse image. We'll make sure it gets in the show notes. It's kind of funny. I think it's funny. It's resonating with me. I've recently gotten back into action on Twitter because I think it's fun and you can totally be way more of yourself. You're a jiffaholic. I am. Yes. It's fun. We need to get you help. I love it. Why? You don't too like them? G- no, you're right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as too many gifs. Get out of here. And finally, if you haven't already seen this on Twitter, because we've been hyping it up, George Wynn this week came out with a quick start guide to podcast advertising. And if you're doing the podcast thing, it's a great rundown of different ways you can monetize it, whether or not maybe you should do so. And there's a sweet quote in there from our very own Greg Finn. So you yes. should not miss it. And I use the word schlop. You did use the word schlock. I really enjoy that word. It's pretty good. You're very quotable. Another good word? Schmock. 
Like the thing you wear as a kid. I don't think there's an H in that. I think it's I just I put the smock. H in. Oh, I okay. like the H's. So you're schlepping schmocks. Yes. Yeah, the I schmock enjoy schlepper. That. Greg you know, Finn. Just the sound. It's pleasing to the ear. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pleasing to the ear, you want to talk about some non-paid news? Because I'm done. <laughs> yes, and let's fly through this here. First up, from Andrew Hutchinson, as Instagram hides likes, young users are switching to business accounts, exposing personal data. <laughs> And this article came out on social media today, and I feel like this is a WTH section, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of brilliant, but kind of dumb. Smart kids out there. Yes. So Instagram has two types of accounts, personal and business. Businesses have to show email and phone numbers publicly. And so what children are finding is that they can get more analytics into their Instagram by changing their personal account to a business account. These little baby influencers. And so a study showed that around 2 million 12 to 15-year-old Instagram users currently have their phone and email information publicly listed on the platform. That's the bad news. Good That's news? terrible news. You know the good news? No. They have better analytics. <laughs> but what are you going to do with that? Who knows? <laughs> Wait, first of all, couldn't you see how many likes you had anyway before? It's just that the public didn't see it. Yeah, I don't know exactly if this is causation or just <laughs> or just a loose oh, translation man. or loose correlation of it. I don't know. Kids will be kids. Seeing numbers is hard on Instagram, but it's about to be even easier to see Assistant on Android. Pixel, specifically. And this comes from Greg Sterling. Google swaps voice search on Android for Google Assistant. And so if you're a Pixel user, you used to be able to hit the voice search mm. in the little app. And you would go right to your Google results. No longer. You now have Google Assistant. And you, when you hit the Assistant, you get Google Assistant, obviously. The problem is Google Assistant yaps back at you. Oh, like, good point. Sometimes I just want search. Good point. I like search. Yeah. I don't need everything to be automated. Sometimes I like to choose. I like having that freedom and independence. So my problem is <laughs> I just get Google Assistant yapping back at you. Yeah, that's not always great. What if you're in the library? Well, don't do this, for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, something that is not going to show up in your assistant and instead on your inbox is that Google is now notifying webmasters to remove no index from your robots.txt file. We talked about this maybe two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. They all blend together. Who knows? But it's from Barry Schwartz (laughs) at Rusty Brick on Twitter. If you have a no index in your robots.txt file, which has never been a standard set by anyone. You're now getting an email from Google saying you need to remove this, oh. or you should remove this. They don't like. It's not threatening you. They're <laughs> just saying you should you should remove this. It's not supported. Get rid of it. All right, and some more fresh news from Google from Pandu Nayak, finding fresh helpful information through featured snippets. There's been a change in Google this year that you may or may not have known. At Danny Sullivan, I believe was his at Danny Sullivan account on Twitter. It was also announced on his at Search Liaison account on Twitter. Is that this change went live in late February of this year? And so there's a great example of why fresh snippets make the experience better for users. Talked about when Stranger Things three is going to release. One of my favorite shows. I mean, I know you're really up on what yes. happens. Most Never seen it, season. but I think I'm, I'd really like it. <laughs> The old example showed that site that had earned the highest ranking and earned that feature snippet didn't have updated information. It said that it is estimated that Stranger Things 3 is coming out early in 2019 or whatever. But... Then the new version said the this drops 
this is supposed to be slated to be at the new year or something like that. The new version says that it is launching with a specific date. So they're saying that this helps users. Obviously, it's going to help anybody with Assistant specifically. For sure. Uh, I'm sure that's driving driving everything. Hopping over to something even fresher because it doesn't even exist yet. <gasps> it's from Frederick Debut at Copper Nicks. Just go to our show notes, man, if you want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> but he is looking to refresh their Bing Webmaster Guidelines. He says, SEO friends, I'm kicking off an effort to refresh our Bing Webmaster Guidelines, both the spirit and the letter. Any shady tactics you think are not penalized enough? Any feedback on the document itself? And it links over. I kind of like this. Yeah. They're asking for help. Like, what are people doing? How are you being exploited? That's great. I mean, there's things that, you know, you might not even know. Now, this is why I, I, I can't have nice things either. I immediately <laughs> think that this is like a self-checkout line. Like, shouldn't you know some of this stuff? Why do I have to check out my own groceries? Well, yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm shopping. I think they're just looking for some community feedback from folks with issues. You're being a little harsh. I also, know. I love self-checkout. So anyway, there are a few. You like self-checkout? Yeah. I know it takes away jobs. I don't like that about it. but it, You're literally... Ending jobs, literally, literally. But it's kind of like, Jeffrey used to like play store when you were little and you got to ring yourself out? It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that mo- in most stores are like, oh, the only way to get out of here fast is with self-checkout. Yeah, but there's still a person monitoring it. There's still a human there doing a job. And they smile at you and say, have a nice How day. How capable on a 10 scale is that, that human usually? I don't know. I have a lot of issues with self-checkout machines, and they've had to come help me several times. So <laughs> capable enough, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, there are a couple good Good thoughts on there. And one was from Joe Youngblood, and he said that branded footer links from web design agencies are out of control. And I agree. Mm-hmm. And it works, especially on, on Bing, because this is not advertising. So it's still Bing. It's not Microsoft advertising. Right. Yeah. Confusing, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I thought was interesting was subdomain leasing. And this was from Lois H. He made a case for this in an article, but talked about some of these subdomains are being leased out for kind of inappropriate activity. Mm. And then, of course, I just pulled this up, and Glenn Gabe has a good one here that's uh, voted up here. But how about more information regarding mobile pop-ups, interstitials, aggressive, deceptive, and disruptive advertising, affiliate marketing, and having an understanding of what Bing deems okay versus out of the gray area. So that, that's a great, a great one from, from Glenn. Another complaint storm waiting to happen <laughs> is over in the Google SERPs from Barry Schwartz. Google suggested clips play in search no longer take you to YouTube. And on Search Engine Roundtable, he shows an example of when you perform a search. And the example was, how do you change a toilet? And you used to go to the specific spot in the video, which was cool. Mm-hmm. You click through, go over to YouTube, and you start right at that point. Now, a big light box po- opens, and you see the video in full. So obviously, if this happens, those marketers are not going to have some of the options of converting people into subscribers to hopefully get people over to their site to check out more things. Uh, I believe there was an ad in one of those that he showed, but still you lose the ability to convert that traffic into subscribers, which kind of sucks. Totally sucks. Okay. Well, if you're looking for an alternative to YouTube, (laughs) Vimeo has a new communication solution that brings the power of Vimeo to large organizations. That title just means Vimeo Enterprise. Good name. So 
it's not Vimeo Business, it's not Vimeo Pro, it's if you have a lot of money to spend on video and do live video without any of the issues that we see with YouTube. I mean, obviously it's not ideal when you cannot control what's going to happen in many ways. You used to make it look less YouTube-y, they took all these things away. So mm -hmm. if you really want to control your stuff, go Enterprise and Vimeo's got a solution for you. It's going to be based off of your size and scale um, and there's no pricing available. Obviously, it's going to be on a per case basis, aka Enterprise. Okay. And a more helpful note, Twitter is showing the profiles of new followers in the notifications tab for free. Oh, I love No free. Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> and this came from Matt Southern again and he's <laughs> Showing the example that when you somebody follows you, you get to see more information about them. I like it. I like you it. You can just say, oh, this person looks great. I'm going to follow them. Seems like they've got their stuff together. I think it's ideal for engagement, collaboration, and just community, basically. For sure. So. And they'll probably get a lot more followbacks out of it because you don't have to click through and vet the person. You're, I mean, you're still vetting, but you know what I mean? It's all right there. Yeah. Way less investigation to see yeah. if somebody makes sense to to kind of be a match to, to follow them. Something you may want to investigate, however, is that it's official from Max Malakis that deploying Facebook's like button on your website makes you a joint data slurper. What does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds like a villain on Stranger Things. Or an animal. Yeah, I went, to the, animal, I went to the underground, the upside down. Upside down. Come on, I you know a, that much. Slurper. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> you know? What was that thing they were, Hope, what was it? Flay, the flayed? Right? The monsters are called demogorgons, but the the flayer. The flayer? He flays people? So he's yeah. slurping. Slurping and flaying. The mind flayer. Mind flayer, that's it. I yeah. thought it was mind slurp. Well, well it should be. Okay. Yeah. You're That's talking to the her. actual number one fan of Stranger Things. Oh, the okay. actual number one shots fired. <laughs> I think she has a trophy that says on it, actual number one fan. Right, so we need we need our tweet off, or our takeoff trophy, and then we need our unofficial Stranger Things fan trophy. Unofficial actual. Next. Yeah, unofficial yeah. actual. There you go. Thank you, Jess. You're welcome. All right. The EU's highest court has decided that website owners can be held liable for data collection when using the so-called social sharing widgets. Oh. This is frightening, Jess. That is, because everyone uses I mean, not everybody, but they're everywhere. Yes. There's a whole bunch more information at this article, but website owners must provide at the time of their collection certain information to those vis visitors, such as, for example, its identity and the purposes of the data processing. How are you going to know what Zuck's going to do with this data from this button on your <laughs> You're site? You're not. You never know <sighs> until okay. it's too late. Well, this next article, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. This is just to toot my own horn. And this is from <laughs> social media examiner Michael Seltzner. And it's Beware of Facebook Groups. Long live communities. Michael had done a poll asking if the engagement in everybody's Facebook groups has gone up or down. And 66% of people just... I'm no math whiz like you, but 66% <laughs> seems like about two-thirds. Two-thirds, for sure. It's more than half. Yeah. So. Four-six almost, some say. Four-six. That reduces to two-thirds. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> <All right>. Live <laughs> math. <laughs> and this is something I've been on a long time. We see people all the time not invest in making their own community, mm -hmm. building something on land that they own, on property they own, on their own domain, and instead taking the easy route on Facebook groups because it's simple well, Michael talks about the fact that Facebook has stopped uh, supporting the Groups app in 2017, and then engagement is down. Yeah, and we've been working together, like, what, 
six and a half, almost seven years at this point. And you have been calling this since then. It was like one of the first things I learned from you. I never get it. I never get anybody's way that I, I don't get the shortcuts. Right. I don't understand shortcuts. And everybody does shortcuts. And they're like, oh, well, we can just put this up now and, and, and prove it as a test. The problem with that is if it does work, you are then stuck in a Facebook group and mm -hmm. then your engagement's going to go down. And then in order to get in front of people again, you are going to have to pay money. And then that app that you love that Facebook put out, oh, got discontinued in 2017 and you can't do anything. And I have articles about it. You do. It, it grinds my gears. But doesn't this make you happy? I mean, not Th none happy, of this show makes me happy. Jess. This is validating what you've been saying for years and it's finally yes. happening. And you know, hate to say I told you so kind of thing here, but yeah, Greg's been calling it y'all. Okay. All right. Well, on a more positive note, yeah. Google Data Studio has a tree map. And this, I don't know if it's actually news, but it's something fairly new, I guess, is that you can use a tree map as a horizontal filter menu. Again, maybe not news, but total wizardry from Madi <laughs> Ahida at the Wizzy Analytics Twitter handle. And he found an awesome way to break data out by clicking on what looks like a horizontal navigation all on one page, you can put all the information. You don't need multiple pages. You don't need drop downs. You just click like it's a website. You change the data in front of your eyes. He has a great example breaking it down and how you use it using a tree map chart. It's amazing. That's pretty cool. Check it out. It's, cool. It makes it simple for your simpler clients. We don't have any of those here. No. Cypress, Cypress no. Some folks do, though. Yeah. <laughs> Some folks do. So if you have simple clients, go find those. All right. Speaking of simple. Taylor Lawrence at Taylor Lawrence from the Atlantic talks about the Wikipedia for Generation Z. Jess, I'm a millennial. How about you? I think I am too. Oh, you're Generation Z. So there is now a Wikipedia for you. You don't have to stay up at night. You don't have to worry that you've been left out of Wikipedia. There's one for you. And best off, it's called Famous Birthdays. Uh, Jess, did you look at this Famous Birthdays site? No, I didn't because I'm a millennial and I don't really care. But Hope, have you seen <laughs> FamousBirthdays.com? This is the first time I've looked at it. Okay. Well, with Famous Birthdays, you can see whose birthday it is. <laughs> and you can see who's trending. And trending so you can see who's why? the most popular yeah. person in the world. Right now? Yes, in the world. So just do you have any clue as to who's the most popular person? I just opened it. And maybe don't you're cheat. supposed to quiz me, but I don't know. I know who one of these 50 people are. Okay, who's the most popular person? Um, oh, wait, that's today's birthdays. The most popular person in the world? Yes. If I had to guess, Walt Disney. <laughs> that is the maybe the worst guess that I've ever heard. Oh you couldn't gosh. be absolutely more wrong oh in your life. Well, I know it. I'm not going to get it right. I just Do not like, everyone knows who he is. What, you, what does he say in Billy Madison? What you have said. <laughs> I you no point. <laughs> God have mercy on your soul. Um, Hope. Do you know Jacob Sartorius? <laughs> no. Hope, I am taking away your Generation Z card. Jacob who? He is the most popular person in Generation Z. I, I want to know, know that. I want to know how they calculate this. Yeah. How do they, they calculate it by popularity, Hope. And you <laughs> don't know. Who you is are this out of kid? touch. What's you must name? be on the high end of Generation Z. <laughs> What's his name? Jacob 
Sartorius. He's 16 year olds, years old. Oh, he's a singer. He's the most popular person in the world right now? Yes. Oh no. my gosh, I've seen this kid. Isn't he dating somebody? Probably. He's 16. He's probably dating like 50 girls. I'm going to look at his Wikipedia page. 50 girls? <laughs> what, is, what, what is that? Don't, is that what you do when you're 16? Kids just like date around, yeah. Oh, okay. oh it's not a negative. It's just kids. Okay. Yeah. He's an internet personality. Well, anyway. So am I. I just enjoyed the fact that I was looking at the site trying to figure out how old I was by how little I comprehended it. <laughs> it turns out I'm quite old. But I saw all these things like Jacob Sartorius, 16, Anne LeBlanc, 14, Maddie Ziegler, 16, and then in there was Matt LeBlanc. Oh, we know him. Starred with Jennifer Aniston and Friends. Yeah. He's, he's like thousands. He's Are not popular old? anymore for oh. Gen Z. Yeah. But anyway. Well, they don't watch. If you want to feel super old, head over to famous birthdays. I do feel old. And you know what? I bet all these kids have uh, the business Instagram account so they can have better analytics. Yeah, I, exactly. Maybe Here, that's What's your phone number? Give uh, Jacob a call there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him hi. All right. Next up, we're keeping it weird from Dean Sterling Jones. And there's an <laughs> underground economy selling links from the New York Times, BBC, CNN, and other big news sites. This was on BuzzFeed News. We saw this via Casey G on Twitter, Casey Gillette, the pride of Avon, the best export since Tom Walls and the Wahlburger oh. of Avon. It's a fact. Look Wahlberger. it up. Wikipedia. Does she know them? <laughs> BBC News has at least 10 articles with links that now redirect to sites advertising online gambling, free consultations with a bankruptcy lawyer, and a privacy browser that circumvents China's internet firewall. These are all on brand for what you think of when you think of somebody <laughs> selling links, right? Absolutely. Exactly. The only but thing not the that's not in there is a lot of pharma stuff. I thought there'd be a little bit more pharma. Mm. But just when I thought that, it gets good because they show an example about one of the Disney wives, Patty Disney. Popular, popular people. Yes, related to the number one popular sensation right now, Generation Z, Walt <laughs> Disney. Somebody made a welovepatty.com site to celebrate Patty Disney. They stopped hosting the site. And so what happened is this was linked to on something like New York Times or some fancy pants site. They took that link and then redirected it to a pharmaceutical site. I read that, Jess, and I get curious. Of course. You want to click it. Oh, I clicked. <laughs> what did you see? So now welovepatty.com goes to <laughs> blazefordays.com. <laughs> And it just didn't fail me. The internet didn't fail me, oh, and I love it. I love the internet. Now, my only thing is, wouldn't it just be easier to make good content and be awesome? It seems so hard to do this. You mean that the folks at Blaze for Days don't have great content? No, I'm talking about these people that are going out and looking for all these broken links oh, and then going and figuring out who, what scummy sites <laughs> are going to buy links from a dead Disney person. <laughs> like, why don't you just make some awesome content about Patty Disney and get like links a, yeah. or something? It sounds like a lot less work than actually yeah. going to the Go depths. try of, hard. Yeah. In the words of Jess Budd, we try really hard. We do. <laughs> no one else does. All right. And lastly, for Matt Southern, it's just the Matt Southern show here today and Ginny Marvin show. Google's John Mueller recommends keeping URLs under 1,000 characters. You know who else does? This guy. <laughs> Is this a long URL? That's huge. That's what are you characters. doing? Yeah, get All out right. of here. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for... Working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what is going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise this week. Jess, what's been happening in your accounts lately? So I alluded to it earlier. Data Studio is on the fritz. Google Data Studio. Again, 
something Google going wild. We use this for a lot of reports that we do either internally to keep track of stuff or to show to clients. And this is something that I've experienced, but also several people in this office have been experiencing as of like the last two weeks. These reports are just breaking without anybody touching them. You get the little wrench icon that says that you need to fix a metric or whatever. And this is happening on client calls and it's happening, you know, at our desks and all this stuff. And the solution seems to be continue to refresh over and over and over again. And maybe by like the 89th time your metrics show back up, or in some cases something actually is broken. You need to fix it, but something's going wrong. A lot of us are experiencing this. So keep an eye out if you're in your Google data studio and you see that little wrench, just do a couple of refreshes. See if maybe it's not actually broken because it might not be, but it also might be. So check. Okay. What do you got? For me, I've this year come across new challenges with ads accounts. Mm. And some of the challenges are that you no longer can target a specific location. You can't target people in those locations. Sorry. If you want to know more about it, we can link to that show in the show notes. So now you can tar- target people, um, again, that are frequently in that location or in that location now. <clears throat> and so what we see many times is that there can be some overlap there. And we mm-hmm. don't actually want to show this ad to people in a certain spot. So what I started doing is just excluding that. And it's something I never had to use before, but it is called the user location report. So you go to your locations tab within Google Ads, and then you look at those little tabs up on the top, and you go to user location report, and you can see, oh, man, you know what? I'm targeting New York City, and I'm getting all this traffic from... Connecticut or something. I don't want that specifically. Mm -hmm. So you can take that and see where it's coming from, which is helpful to know. And it's again, it's something I never had to do before because you could target a location you want to show your ads. That's not possible anymore. So there we go. That's pretty good. That's, you know, a tool for folks. Yes. I hope they're paying attention. It's very useful. All right. And now it's time for this week's WTH. This week's WTH comes from Adrian. Pasquarelli, or at she likes to shop on Twitter. This comes from AdAge. The article is called Chase Commits to AI After Machines Outperform Humans in Copywriting Trials. Jess, Chase <laughs> says that ads created by Pursudos, you know what that name? Sounds like AI made it. Yeah. Pursudos. Because it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. <laughs> so ads created by Presidio's machine learning perform better than ads written by humans with a higher percent of consumers clicking on them more than twice as many in some cases Persado is a New York company that applies artificial intelligence (laughs) to marketing creative and possibly naming their own company one digital ad written by humans read access cash from the equity in your home However, Pursuto's version, it's true. You can unlock <laughs> cash from the equity in your home, perform better with customers. My thought is, there are advertisers and marketers, and there's bad marketers too. Mm-hmm. And no offense to all you banky folks out there, you don't really see the most creative stuff coming out of banky folks. Right. Also, I cannot believe that an actual AI software program for writing marketing ads could ever make it through any type of regulation or compliance from a banking company. That's insane to me to think that that could work. That is an excellent point. I just, but beyond that though, 
yeah, like let a machine write some copy, whatever. That's why I don't have an issue with the machine. Well, I do because this machine's taking over our job. So back to the self-checkout, I guess this is my fault. But who's out there not testing different variations exactly, of the ad copy Joss, exactly. as humans? And to me, this makes a ton of sense to help with ad copy combinations, to yeah. do things like Facebook Dynamic Creative, to see things like responsive display ads, not responsive ads. <laughs> you can test different things out. Yeah. And just putting one thing out there makes sense. And if you look at the copy from the two, one is just better copy. Right. And you can have somebody make good copy as well. Like yeah. It doesn't mean that just because you have some banky marketing person writing bad ads that AI is better. Yeah. The other thing I was super offended by in this article was this quote where it says, if you go to any marketing creative out there and you ask, how did you come up with that? And why did you use that word and not that word? They cannot actually answer. With Who are you asking? What exactly. are you doing? Exactly. You, you, <laughs> yeah. There's always an answer. And if you don't have an answer, then you're one of those bad marketers out there. But this is like, that's offensive because that is not true. We have, our clients ask us that we have answers. We're like, well, we tested yes. these two variations and this one worked. So and that's the, oh, why yeah. we're and using this it. This landing page works better with this message and yeah. so on and so forth. You don't need AI to do that. You just need I. You just need a little bit of an intelligence. I, wow. <laughs> right? You need to get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> You don't need AI. You, you just, just need, need AI, right? Let the AI help you, but it should not be able to beat you guys. We're still, it's only 2019. We're not too far in the future. We are still smarter, I think, if we actually apply ourselves. Yes. If we try hard. But to me, honestly, if we try, <laughs> to me, honestly, you look at this, you're not going to be able to have any kind of keywords. You're just going to go after audience. That too. You're not going to be able to have any bidding because you're going to just have to go with automated bidding because you can't actually bid based off of any specific keyword type. And so it's just going to be everybody bids. You're not going to be able to target location. You're not going to be able to be able to target ads at this point because AI is going to take over everything. And then at what point is everybody just the same thing? Right. You want to trust the machine, trust the machine. Go ahead. But so is your competitor. Fine. And now you have no advantage. No ads, no keywords. Nothing. Nothing. No locations. We're all the same. Just all the same. We'll just go 50-50. Just start shooting the traffic 50-50. Or, or well how many people yeah. are in there. Because life is fair and that's how it's going to work. Get you know, you here. and I are out of a job. Uh, okay. Yeah, get this over with. <laughs> all right. And now for this week's cool tool as a reminder our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention we're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and this week's cool tool comes from ryan jones at i, I, I believe you have to call him the ryan jones the like, ryan like jones? miami university the ryan jones is that what is miami it's university? just like a contractual like thing miami. okay oh okay but we're not under contract i just said that to the people oh well, whatever well. <laughs> All right, the Ryan Jones. He's over at seodataviz.com. That's seodataviz.com. And this tool is called the Ngram tool. And I'll be the first to admit that I didn't know what an Ngram was so or why I might need it. So I looked it up and you should do the same. Get familiar, spend a few seconds on Google and school yourself. But I'll explain what the tool does and that'll kind of explain what an Ngram is. You toss in your list of keywords and it will create a visualization of various word sequences or the grams from your list based on how commonly they're used. So if you say the example that they give when you load up the site is a bunch of like Christmas drinks and Christmas cocktail things and it pulls up, you know, out of the longer tail keywords what the more common phrases are. And again, it visualizes that it's yeah. colorful, it goes by size and it just gives you some easy, quick to look at insight that can help you frame your ad copy, your site content, you know, maybe even your keywords themselves. You might see some ideas in there that make sense. So just a fun thing to play with and it's absolutely free. Go check it out. 
All right, and that brings us to our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it on today's show. This week's article comes from Elida Solis at Elida on Twitter, and the name of the article is Nine Practical Ways to Easily Use Google Spreadsheets for SEO Tasks. This is a great article that talks about redirects, comparisons, backlinks, mobile versus desktop, metadata visualization, and much, much more. If you are looking to help automate or visualize or just make your life easier in general Mm -hmm. and like spreadsheets, Google Spreadsheets specifically, this is the article for you. I am sure one out of the nine spreadsheets here will help your life become easier. But Jess, I have an honorable mention this week. What do we got? And I call this the... We try hard award. And I'm going to put the drop of you two weeks ago saying, we try really hard in right here. <laughs> we try really hard. <laughs> and this comes from Shai Aharoni over at Reboot Online. And this is called the Long-Term Duplicate Image Experiment. Jess, this is how you make a blog post. <laughs> and what they did is they looked at the uniqueness of imagery. They did all these extensive testing over a, a decent number of months and looked in to see if duplicate imagery ha- it, it performs much worse than having unique images. And they took all these different images, and the, the results weren't shocking. <laughs> That's why it's the honorable mention. But they showed the unique images doing better not only in image search, but also helping to, in their small sample size, lift up organic search traffic as well by Mm. having non-stock photos on a site. But that's how you make a blog post. The images are great. Everything's great. It's more like, hey, here's blog blog post 101. Yeah, right? Well, and read it while you're at it because it's good content. Thanks for trying really hard. All right, Jess. That does it for today's show. It is now officially... Not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you are there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. This week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. This week, we're playing everybody's favorite game. Two kinds of people. Yes. When we list something, and there is only two kinds of responses, two kinds of people. First up this week, Jess, cruise control. There are two kinds of people. People that use cruise control and people that don't. You want to know which one of those I am? Yes. I am not a user. I don't. That I don't. Shocking. I don't know how to. I've tried to use it. My car has it, and I need to just read the manual. But I only think about it in the moment, and I'm not pulling out a book while I'm driving. I don't use it at all. That is shocking. But how are you that on up? Okay, my hand. Hope. My turn. Yes. Um. It depends. If I'm going on a long road trip, I use it. Okay. Like if I'm driving for five hours and I'm just on a straight highway, I use it. But you need to adjust your speed based on the traffic. Around. But you just hit up or down. You're right driving down the in the middle of nowhere, like no, I'm not. My highway. <laughs> I'm saying it depends on the situation. I use cruise control on side streets. You Everywhere do? I use really? cruise control. I love cruise control. You do it on the non-highway. 
Yes. Everywhere I can possibly use cruise control. No, I, I'm in. No. That's crazy. See, there's three different kinds yeah. of people no, here in this no, room. No, there's not. Yeah, there are. There's people no. know how to use I need control of my speed. Like, I don't know. If, like, a deer pops out at me, I need to know that yeah, I... Yeah, but as soon as you hit the break, it's I over. I know, but it's, it's just mental. Like it's, like, mentally, it's, like, still in control of the speed. I don't like it. Okay. I don't know. I just need to be in control of my vehicle at all times. All right. There's two kinds of people. People that love those awful... Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, we know which one you no, are. <laughs> there are two kinds of people that love those overproduced radio bumpers and people that don't like those. You know, like the hit coming like, hey, it's WDGX, and we got some great random fuzzy jazz for you. What is it? It's um, What is the new term? WDGX <laughs> with random fuzzy jazz? No, what is, it, what is the like catchphrase where it's just random? Uh... What? There's some programming that's random. Uh, Jack FM or something? Oh, yeah. Something stupid. Yeah, but Okay, but there's people that like those overproduced bumpers and people that don't. I don't like them. I want one for us because I'd be all about that, but I don't like them. Like, what do you mean people like them? I know, I don't really have an opinion They're like, oh, I can't believe they played this again this hour. I love it. That? Are you talking about the voices? Yeah. Like... Just in general, you hear that over, like that... Radio, just pure radio produced bumper that is so terrible, but there's some person in a studio that's like, yeah, I just nailed this no, one. No, I hate any radio <laughs> commercials. Like 98.5, like Nicholas Piccolis, and they're like promoting the clubs. Is that what you mean? Like, dude, you come out to, <laughs> to Sky Bar for $2 drinks. Like, no, it's yeah. so annoying. Stuff like that. Yeah, like, welcome back to the channel that plays all the hits yes. for you. No, I hate like, that. See, that to me is amazing. I love it. It really? makes me feel so good. I don't know why. Do you it's like irrational. hold music too? Do I what? like what? Hold music on the phone? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like you hear that and you're like, this is so terrible, but this person thinks it's so good. And it's just... So you like yes. it because it's terrible. I love it because it's terrible, yes. Okay. Love so it, I think we life. agree. We're all agreeing. No, I, 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 I sincerely enjoy it. It brings you joy. Much joy. It sparks joy. Yeah, it is up there in my top ten things to, to see in a car. Where like number one is a squirrel going across the electric wire. <laughs> I do like that. And the dog out the window is up there. The, the, it's that good. It's I that good. All right. Well, that's that's you. Okay. <laughs> you do you, Greg. <laughs> all right. Next up. Well, next up, there are people that like watching food programming and people that don't oh people cooking food hope it sounds like you've got an opinion what do you think <laughs> my parents love that especially my dad he will watch it for hours like just somebody so what about food. you and what about this you? is my thing i sit there just to have some quality time with my dad but they're all the same they make the food and then they eat it, and they all do the same thing. They're like, mmm, this is so good. And I'm like, I wonder if they ever taste the food, and they just, like, think it's terrible. They don't. That like doesn't happen. It's yeah. all the same. And it's just, like, it's kind of comical. One of them's different. One of them's barefoot when she does it. Ew. Yeah. The barefoot Contessa, right? Yes. That's a thing. Is she the one that's problematic or no? No, I think that's Paula Dean, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. 
Okay. I'm not savvy with the kids. I think Walt Disney is famous, but no, who chose her? So, Hope, do you like you it wanna, or no? You want to know why I don't like it? I don't like it. Okay. Because yes. they make it look so easy, and it's no—it's not realistic at all, and Agreed. it makes me mad. Yes. It's just like anything on television. Your yeah. thoughts? I don't like it. I'm with Hope. And it's boring. It's super boring. I'm just yes. not watching it. I mean, it's comforting. No, it's not. Comforting. <laughs> but I they're just annoying. I get anxiety. I'm like, I want that right now. Yeah. Give me the food. What am I doing? Why am I watching somebody else do something that I want to eat that I can't ever eat? I don't have the ingredients here. Even if I go to the store, I'm going to come back, and it's going to be one of those Pinterest fails. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I don't like it. You it gives me stress. It. I can't believe people watch this stuff. I Carl get it. Some people it. are more talented than me at this. <laughs> Carl watches no. it all the time. Yes. You but know I get what? it. No. No, 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 no. There are restaurants that put it on their television yes. in the restaurant during the day, and that blows my mind, too. Really? It's like, well, you're not I serving this. Right, like, exactly. I don't think I've exactly. ever seen that. Well, oh, restaurant. All the time around Buffalo, everything. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Next up. People that put those front car window visors <laughs> in when it's hot, and people that don't. <laughs> like across the windshield? Yeah, across the yeah. front. So you park, and you want to bounce the sun back at the sun. No. 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 I don't do that. No. no. Who does? Do you do that? No. I, I am very jealous of those people, though, because they're that concerned and have that much time. Yeah. That's it takes time. five seconds for the air conditioning to kick on. It's yes. not worth my time. Not only that, but, like, then you got to carry, you got to schlep this thing around yeah. to use Greg's favorite word. It's pointless. <laughs> okay. That's like the people that put the suntan screen underneath their neck to get extra on their face. <laughs> I know. It's like standing on your head or something. Exactly. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> All right. Most controversial one here. Ooh. Prediction. For people that like freeze pops and people that don't. Hope, your thoughts. I love freeze pops. Yeah. What sort of controversy do you think this is? You don't be? like you don't freeze like them, pops? do you? I hate freeze pops. What? It's you disgusting. No. It's like those little bug juice cartons and then they freeze them. You know why I don't like freeze pops? Because you, as a sane human, would never go and drink the fluid from freeze pops that's not frozen. And that's how I know freeze pop goo is not good. I mean, but I have done that. Well, then you're... <laughs> I need to call the authorities. Oh, get the cops on the board. It's a popsicle. How did you not like it? It's I mean, disgusting. It's... it's just fake well, fake food coloring and sugar. Yeah. And Half fake of the flavor. stuff that that's we eat is popsicle. fake. It doesn't yeah. matter. Exactly. It's disgusting. What is your base? So, but do you eat regular popsicles? No. I like For ice the cream. Same reason? Give me ice. Give me something real. Yeah, but like a freeze want, pop. It's like a 60 calorie treat to cool you down. Do you know those little barrel juices you used to get with the foil caps? Hugs. They're disgusting. Huggies. Are, hug, yeah, those Huggies. are good. It's like that in a little plastic thing. <laughs> exactly. No, get out of here. No, get out of here. This is a two on one. I no, it's summertime. It's hot. Absolutely. Yeah. Hope, what's your favorite it. freeze pop color? Uh, red or orange? Mm, red and Blue's pink. not a good choice because it stains. Do you know how I know freeze pops are terrible? Because you're not calling them by flavors. You're calling them by colors. <laughs> I mean, right. that's... <laughs> and we... That's fair. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>